0: Hi everyone, let me add my welcome to Pete's, great to have you here. My name's Mark, I'm one of the ministers here, and a particular warm welcome if this is your first time connecting with us online, or if you're a regular member of the church family, great to have you here as we continue our sermon series today in the Old Testament book of Job. I don't know if you saw The Guardian article this week saying that during the lockdown, one in four adults in the UK have tuned in to an online church service and one in 20 have turned to prayer as a way of finding comfort and security during these uncertain times. And that's why we're looking at the Book of Job because here is a man who suddenly and unexpectedly lost everything. His family, his career, his health, all his money gone, these painful sores from head to toe, terrible pain and suffering, and yet Job managed to find a way through, through the valley of suffering to comfort and security on the other side. And Job is given to us as an example for us today, no matter the difficulties or pain or suffering you and I may be facing during this lockdown, be it general anxiety or financial struggles, boredom perhaps, restlessness, despair, even our own mortality. And Job shows us a way through to a certain hope on the other side. Chapter 19 that we're looking at today is very much the pinnacle of Job's faith and hope in the darkness. He says these very famous words in verses 25 to 27 that begin, I know that my Redeemer lives. And so what I want us to do is focus in on these three verses, 25, 26, 27, and for us to see the context of them, the comfort in them, and the confidence that Job has to say them, so that you and I may have that same comfort, same confidence today. So first, let's take a look at the context of Job's hope, because this is no mountaintop experience for Job. Often famous Bible verses like this get ripped out of their context and stuck on posters and t-shirts and computer screens as if everything is fine and hunky-dory. And people don't realise, as in this case, the terrible circumstances in which these words were uttered. So just look down at Job in verses 1 to 24, because here is a man at rock bottom. In verses 1 to 6, his friends have abandoned him, turned against him. Job says in verse 3, ten times now you have reproached me, shamelessly you attack me. And it's not just Job's friends. In verses 7 to 12, Job feels like God is attacking him too. So he says in verse 11, his anger burns against me. He counts me among his enemies. Now, we know that's not true from chapters 1 and 2. We've been told that God is absolutely for Job. He's not against him. But Job doesn't know this. And sometimes amidst our pain and suffering, when it's at its sharpest and acutest, it can feel like God is against us, attacking us. And so in verses 13 to 22, Job feels terribly alone. He speaks of his family being alienated from them. His relatives have gone away. My closest friends have forgotten me. Even my breath is offensive to my wife. Even little boys ridicule me. Everyone has their breaking point. And it seems that Job has reached his rock bottom, the darkness enclosing around him. He even imagines in verses 23 and 24 what he wants written on his tombstone. So close to death does he feel. Now, this is the context for verses 25 to 27 and these famous words from Job, not some high point in Job's life, but the darkest moment in his life. And the defining moment of the book as Job is still able to say, I know that my Redeemer lives. Now, don't you want this sort of hope? I know I do. To reach rock bottom, the darkest moment in your life, and yet to still see a way through. Because this is what Christianity is about. Not a hope without suffering, but a hope amidst suffering and through suffering. The way many people talk about the Christian life, it is all rose petals, saccharine sweet, God will give me health and wealth now and it is completely divorced from the harsh realities of life that many of us are experiencing right now in the lockdown. I hope you can see from the example of Job that Christianity never promises no suffering in this life but it does promise comfort and hope through suffering in this life. And actually, it's often in the darkest moments of our pain and suffering that the light of Christian hope shines brightest. So what is this Christian hope, you ask? Well, let's move on secondly to the content of Job's hope. And this is verses 25 to 27. So let me read them to us now. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. Now, there is so much in these verses. We could have a whole sermon on each phrase. But for the sake of time, let me highlight three words. First, Redeemer. I know that my Redeemer lives. Job has lost everything his family, his health, his wealth, his integrity. But Job knows that God is not just his saviour, who saves out of suffering, as wonderful as that is, but also his redeemer, who will one day restore to him everything that was lost. So you think of the Exodus, God redeeming his people from slavery in Egypt, restoring their freedom and all that was lost. Or you think of Boaz in the book of Ruth, redeeming her, being a husband to her after she lost her first husband, restoring her fortunes after all that was lost. Job knows that this is who God is, his Redeemer, who lives, who will one day restore to him everything that was lost, if not in this life, then certainly in the next. The second word to highlight is the word flesh. Job says, yet in my flesh, after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. Do you notice how physical Job's vision of the afterlife is? He speaks about seeing God with his own eyes in the flesh, his body renewed, redeemed, resurrected. At the beginning, he does not say, I know that my Redeemer lives, and in the end, he will float upon the clouds. He says he will stand upon the earth in a body, this earth renewed, redeemed. The Christian hope has always been physical, never ethereal. And yet many people get this wrong, Christians included. You know, most people's vision of the afterlife is some disembodied existence, like an eternity of Zoom calls. Please, God, no! You know, something this lockdown has helped us to um, realise, you know, admits having to be online pretty much all of our lives right now, is that there is no substitute for the physical. And that is exactly what the afterlife and the new creation is going to be like renewed, redeemed bodies, a renewed, redeemed world. The third word to highlight from these verses is God, because that is what Job is most looking forward to in this future. I shall see God with my own eyes. I myself will see him how my heart yearns within me. The Christian hope, profoundly relational. Heaven is not going to be a game of eternal golf, as wonderful as that may sound to one or two of you. No, our greatest comfort and our greatest satisfaction will come from seeing God, our maker and our redeemer, face to face. How many times have you heard people say during this lockdown that it's helped them to realise what's most important to them in life? And what do they say? They say friends, they say family, they say loved ones. Why? Because it is relationships that matter to us most. So it's going to be in the new creation and with the greatest relationship of all. And so Job even now admits his pain and suffering feeling like God is against him, attacking him, his anger burning against him. Deep down, he knows, as we have been told, that this cannot be ultimately true, that God is his redeemer, that he will see him one day with his own eyes and God will wipe away every tear from them. There's this scene at the end of the second Lord of the Rings film, The Two Towers, where Samwise Ganji says to Frodo, It's like in the great stories, Mr Frodo, the ones that really mattered, full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end, because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out the clearer. This is the Christian hope that J.R.R. R. Tolkien, the author of the Lord of the Rings novels, was describing. And this is the Christian hope that Job is clinging to. That all the pain and suffering that he is currently going through, it is a passing thing. Even the darkest moment must pass. And when that new day dawns with renewed bodies in a renewed world, seeing God face to face, that day will shine so much brighter. This is the content of Job's hope. We've seen the context for it, the comfort in it. Let's move now finally to the confidence of Job's hope. Because in verse 25, Job says, I know that my Redeemer lives. Not I think my Redeemer lives, not I hope my Redeemer lives, in the way that we often use the word hope. Perhaps, maybe, if I'm lucky. No, Job speaks with the full assurance of faith. I know my Redeemer lives. According to the ONS, the Office of National Statistics, nearly half of Britons experienced high anxiety at the start of the lockdown and perhaps you are still experiencing some of that anxiety now about the future your future you know what is going to happen and the example of Job is given to us to show the absolute confidence that we can have in the future through life through suffering through the darkest moments even through death if we trust in God as our Redeemer. And it's not just the example of Job that's given to us, but in the overall Bible story, we're also given the one whom Job foreshadows, Jesus Christ, God's own son, who was born into this world 2,000 years ago and whose friends turned against him and who was ridiculed on the way to the cross and who was left to die horribly alone. Who didn't just feel God's anger was against him but actually bore God's anger at sin as he died on the cross. And yet three days later rose from the dead. Sin paid for, death defeated to stand again upon the earth. The Old Testament saints like Job, they had an inkling of the afterlife. They had some idea of the resurrection of the body. But do you see what we have, what we've been given, the life of Jesus Christ, the death of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the giving of his spirit, so that if Job can say verse 25 with confidence, how much more can we say with confidence today, I know that my Redeemer lives. In Handel's Messiah, Handel very deliberately and very perceptively draws together two of these verses from the Old Testament, Job 19, verses 25 to 26, along with a verse from the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20, which speaks of Jesus Christ being risen from the dead. This famous aria which says, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, and though worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God, yet in my flesh shall I see God. I know... That my Redeemer liveth, for now is Christ risen from the dead. The first fruits of them that sleep, of them that sleep. Many people consider Handel's Messiah one of the finest musical works ever composed. And you can see the point that Handel is making that Job's confidence was not make believe, was not wishful thinking, and nor is our confidence today, for now is Christ risen from the dead. Let me draw this all together with a couple of closing comments. First, no matter how bad your life gets, there is always hope in Jesus Christ. Even if you consider that your suffering is worse than what Job went through, no one's suffering is as low and dark and painful as what Jesus went through. No one's life gets as low as him as Jesus Christ hung on the cross and literal darkness and enveloped him for three hours as he bore God's judgment at sin and was forsaken by his father and was abandoned and died. And yet three days later, rose triumphant from the grave to resurrection life, never to die again. And he offers that same resurrection life to us. Above the entrance to Dante's hell is the inscription, Abandon all hope you who enter here. And it is a sober reminder of one day there being no hope left for certain people. But that is never the case now. Not in this life. There is always hope in Jesus Christ, no matter how dark your life gets. So come to him if you haven't done so already. Trust in Jesus Christ. Know that your Redeemer lives and that one day you will see him face to face in the flesh. The final thing I want us to see from this chapter is that hope like this, hope in the darkness, hope amidst terrible suffering is a very powerful witness. We saw before in verse 25 how Job wishes his words could be written down on a scroll on his gravestone. And yet here we are thousands of years later. And what have we got? A whole book of the Bible about Job or at least on his name. And his words are recorded down for us. And his example continues to be a powerful witness to billions of people around the world today. And we can join in that witness too. In his book, The Screwtape Letters, C.S. Lewis writes as a senior demon sharing his trade secrets with his nephew, Wormwood, about how to corrupt a human soul. And he speaks about hope and faith amidst the darkness and says to Wormwood, Be not deceived, Wormwood. Our cause is never more in jeopardy than when a human, no longer desiring but still intending to do our enemy's will, that's God's will, looks around upon a universe in which every trace of him seems to have vanished and asks why he has been forsaken and still obeys. Now, I don't know if that describes you right now. That life has got so bad for you that it seems you can't see God anywhere. No trace of him at all. And you feel the darkness closing in around you. And yet you can still say, I know that my Redeemer lives. Then say it loudly and say it loudly for all to hear, for there is no greater witness to him. Well, let me pray that for us now. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for the example of Job in chapter 19. And amidst this terrible darkness... And this lowest point in his life, yet he clings to you and says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And he is a pointer, a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ, the one who has died on our behalf, who has risen from the dead. The one who is our Redeemer and who lives today. So please would you give us that same comfort, that same confidence that we may say these same words and be a powerful witness I know that my Redeemer lives. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.